0: Hi, I'm Gordon and I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. For the next six weeks, we as a church are meeting at Gardine Theatre here in Dundee and we'd love you to join us at 11 o'clock to experience the faith journey along with us. May you enjoy this week's podcast. Can I tell you about my week? Can we make this a little bit personal? Okay, Monday is usually Gordon and I's day off from church, it doesn't always happen. We do our business, we tend to our relationship, we make sure our house is in order, it doesn't always happen, but we try and keep Monday to us. Monday night, we had our trustees meeting. It was always an incredible time to get together with the elders, the spiritual leaders of the church, to hear what God is saying to them, what what our heart is from God, and where we'd like to see the church to go. So I know that Gordon and I are super grateful for the leaders in this house who give, 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 and then give some more. Am I able to ask for a little bit of house lights up? Because I kind of feel like I'm talking to a light rather than to a group of people. Hi. glad you came. So glad you came to church. Tuesday and Wednesday was the day where I was um, preparing this word. I was in and out of the office. I was meeting up with different people. Thursday, I'm going to come to. Friday, I actually went to Edinburgh's Cookery School and I did a selection of different curries. So when I brought them back, all my kids just demolished them. It was actually really good. And I was given that as a Christmas gift and I loved my day. Thursday, let's go back one more day. On the Thursday, we had a staff away day. Now, it was one of these days where we took time to reflect, to restore, to review, find out where we're going, do we work together well? What she like to work with? What's he like to work with? And we had to get very real. Now, we did give a word that what was said in the room would stay in the room. Now, I had my legs crossed when I actually said it. <laughs> Sorry, James. So, the team that we have working in the church are an incredible team. In the office, if it wasn't for the people who work in the office... I know that we are so grateful to those who make this thing happen. It comes from our leaders, our children's workers, our lavvy cleaners, our office workers. There is such a huge group of people that actually make church happen week upon week. So, we had a section where you had to talk about your weaknesses and your strengths. Who likes that sort of thing? Well, Fiona was on the board, she was doing case there was any spell mistakes Fiona gets it. So I was up on the flip chart doing other things. So it came to my turn. Fiona, what's your strengths? You're like, ooh, yay. Okay. So Fiona came in energetic. Fiona's creative. I think that's their way of saying Fiona, you're absolutely hyper that when you come into the office it's a bit like a whirlwind. And then when you go out, everything just settles back down again. I know I can be a little bit hyper. I come and go, hi, really good to see you. And somebody said, Fiona, you always take a real genuine interest in people. You always look in. And I'm thinking, well, is that, is that genuine or is that just Fiona, you're really nosy and find out you want to know what they're doing? <laughs> I really do love people. So then, Mr. James. Now, who of you know that James, have you ever seen him being angry? Have you ever seen him being abusive? Have you ever seen or heard him being rude to you? Hands up. I think I saw somebody in the back row there, James. (laughs) James, James took his opportunity, okay? I'm on the board right now, and he said, talk about my strengths, oh, I'm really loving this. Fiona's creative, Fiona's wild, Fiona's lovely, Fiona's the best worker in the place. That wasn't actually what was said. It came to my weaknesses. Fiona, do you want to hear it? I'm like, your job's in the line, mate. Fiona. <laughs> now he was sitting beside me and I'm just like <laughs> attitude was just a little bit touchy. He said, Fiona, he said, you can tend to give things up. He said, You've given things up in the past that in actual fact you should have pushed through with and carried on with. Oh ja. He said, and I know why you gave them up. He said he either felt let down or you felt like you had to get on with the job yourself, so you walked away. And somebody else said, yeah, you can." sometimes you can throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm thinking, how do to summarise this on the board without going, you cheeky wee bandit. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you're absolutely right. I've just taken an absolute nailing. Now, it was in a closed room, and I've just now exposed it. And I'm thinking, but do you know what was going on in my heart at the time? I was actually feeling really, really despondent when things didn't go according to how I wanted them to go. And I thought, you I knew James was right. And I know that James has got a fantastic heart towards this church, towards us. I wasn't taking it as an a dig or a I'm out to get you, if you're want to now you give me the platform, I'm taking it. Have you ever had some of these people where they're like, do you want to tell me what my strengths and my weaknesses are? And they're like, nah, let me tell you. I'll tell you what your weaknesses are. And they elaborate on your weaknesses. And then by the time they come to your strengths, you're like, oh, forget it. It's a bit like a blo- blackcurrant juice in a jug of water. It's just completely coloured. And you've walked away thinking, I've heard nothing of the positive, but I've heard everything of the negative. Well, I walked away thinking, do you know what? My team value me but they also see where my weaknesses are and they're brave enough to tell me and say, I love you enough. Let's work together and let's step up. Have you ever been in the fun fair ever where you've seen these distorted mirrors? Have you ever been in there? And I'm sure I've got a picture of them where we have distorted mirrors, where we can look in these mirrors, and you could either be really, really fat, and if you want to look skinny, you go and stand in the mirror, that makes you look skinny. Here's a mirror here. I'll sort myself out. Do you know the last time I wore the skirt? My mom said, feeling that skirt was a bit skew if Could you stri- straighten yourself out? So, mom, am I looking okay? So, <laughs> have you ever been in these mirrors, and it gives you a complete distortion of what the truth is actually like? I can stand in that mirror and I can either believe what I'm seeing, that Fiona, you need to lose a bit of weight, you really can do trimming up, or or you can look in that mirror and you can see what God says about you. You see, so much of what we reflect in our own life is actually based on what other people think of us or where we think we've actually let ourselves down. And when we look into a mirror, what we see can actually be completely different to what the truth actually is is Second Corinthians says this, 2 Corinthians three, and this is a brilliant scripture. It says, "We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, and this is the best bit, and our being transformed into the same image, going from glory to glory, and this is from the Lord, who is the Spirit." you know, we can look in these mirrors. We could also look in the natural mi- mirror and we could also look in the spiritual mirror. We either look in the spiritual mirror where we're looking to what God says about us. You see, when I'm reading the word of God, I'm reflecting myself off the word of God, the truth of who God says I am. Fiona, you're able. Fiona, you're capable. Fiona, you are called. you are got a purpose. Or I can look in a mirror and I can actually view it with the words that people have actually spoken over me which are not always for me, full of life or believe in me. So if we can look in that mirror and think do you know, Add had a pen here. Did I oh, I've lost my wee nib. Can I get this back in? Yes, she can. Oh now she's got her finger covered. You can look in this mirror and say either Fiona, you're gorgeous or Fiona, you know actually failed at some things because yeah james actually highlighted that yeah i heard that yeah and there's times where i know that i've disappointed some people this p-p-o-i-n-t you won't see my spelling from there will you and there's times where i just feel like god i never quite fulfilled what you called me to do came up short and i could have my beautiful face right in here and all over my face is written all the negative things that I've heard other people say about me. And so every time I look in this mirror, it's a natural mirror that I'm looking at. I'm going and then, have you, have you ever taken a selfie, by the way? Have you ever taken a selfie? How I many of you have taken at least 26 selfies before you actually get one you like? Anybody want to admit to it? See all these selfies that you see on IG or Instagram or uh, social media? Let me tell you, there was about 50 of them taken before they actually showed the one. Why? Because they don't really like what they've seen. So scrap that one, not start again. Take that one. (laughs) Do you know if I see these pictures one more time that would make them look like a fish? And do you want to admit to actually doing that? I've I've taken a picture of myself and I've made myself look like an attractive fish. (laughs) You see, when I put a filter on, then people don't actually see what I really feel about myself. When I put a filter on, then I can cover up all my flaws and my disappointments in myself. And when I put a filter on, then I can have myself flowers in my hair and I can have myself with big eyes or big lips and I can look really, really attractive in the hope that people who actually look at these pictures actually believe You see, we're all pretty real. We all have our faults and we all have our weaknesses, but when I look in the mirror of who God says I am, there should have been a much better response to that. We need to look at the word of God as to who we are. Can I tell you when God looks at you though, his filter isn't just flowers around your head. His filter isn't to make your eyes look big and yourself look more attractive. His filter is Jesus. You see, when he looks at you, he looks at you as perfect, as redeemed, as forgiven, as not covered in all these things that I actually have been spoken about. When I feel like I've disappointed people or I feel like I have really did come up short, God always looks at you through the filter of his son, Jesus. Genesis 1 says this, God created humankind in his image. Can we just take a moment? what is his image? Is his image covered in the, the failures and the disappointment and the came up short? His image. Do you, why do you look to the person beside you and say you're made in God's image and you're pretty perfect. Now look at the other person beside you and say you're just about there. Do the 10 spies when they went into the promised land? It t- the 12 spies that were sent out and they had to go and look at what was there, what was available, was there any handsome men, was there any, what were the resources like, what was going to be ahead of them, what were they going to take on? And they came back and they're realizing, do you know what, the fruit there is bigger than any Marks and Spencer's grapes. It takes two men to carry a whole big bunch of grapes. It's an incredible land and all these people, over a million of them, were waiting for them to come back. And Mr. Caleb had to go, shh, shh, settle down, settle down, shh, well you had your wish because I can't speak a word with all you guys talking and asking me the these questions. And this is what he said. He said Numbers 13, he said then, Caleb told them all, shut your mouths, he said. He says, let's go up at once and let's take this land for we... Are well able to take this battle. You see, what they were doing was they were taking a mirror and they were presenting it of the filter of Jesus, the filter of God in front of them. And they were saying, We are well able. And then the next bunch came up and they went, You know what? See all these people out there? They are so flipping huge in that place. The sons of Anak. In actual fact, they are the ancestors of Fiona because she is so tall. Can I tell you how often I'm asked, How tall is Fiona? How tall are you? Just to tell you, I'm five foot nine with heels on. I could be over six foot. So let's get back to the scripture. Verse 31. And am a granny. On my dad's side, was actually six foot one. So let anyway, verse 31. We kind of go up against them. They're so massive and they're stronger than what we are they're going to crush us and then he started to spread a bad report have you heard what these pastors are actually doing in this church have you heard these pastors are actually taking us to a new place this new accommodation have you heard what these pastors are actually proposing that we're going to do do they realize all the work it's going to cause people do they realize how much effort it is do they realize that all this change and do they, you think i'm going to get a decent cup of coffee up there because i could get a decent cup of coffee down at the gate you see there's people who go out there and you go I know we can take that. I know that there's people out there who need God. I know that we can actually get a little bit uncomfortable and change our space and actually go to a place where we think we can make an impact here because this area here is the least church, the area in Dundee. So what is happening is we, the gate church, you, the gate church, we are stepping out and we're taking the land. We're taking this mirror and we're showing at you and going, you guys are well able. We have the filter of Jesus. We don't have the filter of I'm incapable because do you know what? I am, but with Jesus, I am strong and I am able. You see, if we look to ourselves and go, you know what, you're all that, Fiona. You're all that. You've got, you've got your skirt on the right way. You're looking good. You've, you've washed your hair this morning. You know what? You've read your word of God, so you're all that. Do you know what? Without God, I am nothing. It's I rely on who Jesus is, my strength And my guard, my filter is Jesus. And when I look into the mirror, which is his word and his truth, I see all the things that Jesus has said about me. You see, the second law, they gave up the mirror of, we're inadequate, so therefore you're inadequate. We have to be very careful that we do not allow other people's inadequacy to reflect back on us. If I cannot do it, you cannot do it. There's too many people who have stopped doing what they're doing because other people have said it is not for you. We need to take their mirror, we need to cast it aside, and we say, God, my mirror is going to be the word of God. My mirror is going to be the word of God. So, Joe, recently I uh, got a new computer, and again, James came into the equation, and uh, you know when you get a new computer, you need to set it all up. Well, James kind of looks at me, computer, technically, not particularly savvy. He said, if you and I'll set that up for you. Great, thanks James. Because it'd be too much time and effort to actually go and actually teach me how to do it. It'd be better just to set it up and actually show me what to do. Now he didn't give me a pin or a password because there was every chance I could possibly forget it and go, what was my password again? Have Ever forgotten your password and you have to reset it? So what he did was he did face recognition and he did fingerprint. Now he did that on the afternoon that we were in the office. The next morning when I opened up my computer, Do you know what it said? Face not recognised. User not recognised. I'm like, you cheeky little bandit. User not recognised. Do you want to know why? Because I didn't have my makeup on and my hair wasn't all done. I was looking really rough. I was offended by my own computer. I know. I've got my finger. Fingerprint let me in. You see, when I've got the fingerprint of God in my life, it doesn't actually matter what I'm actually going through. You might not recognize me because I'm feeling like offended and I'm feeling upset and I've been through my hurts and my pastings and my life and my trials. But when the fingerprint of God is upon me, he will always (laughs) recognize who I am in Christ. (laughs) The finger of God makes you instantly recognizable. So Psalm 139 says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully, I I praise you, praise you, God, because I'm fearfully, and I'm wonderfully made. How many of you can actually go to that mirror and say, I praise you, God, because I'm fearfully, and I'm wonderfully made. You see, we look in that mirror and go, you know what, you've got a spot there, Fiona. Yeah, really, you could have put more lipstick on before you came on stage. Have you fixed your hair? We go to that mirror, and we criticize ourselves. We don't ever go to that mirror and say, God made you perfect you're looking good, God made you perfectly, he says your works are wonderful and you were the best the rest of that scripture, it says, oh no that's the next scripture, go back a bit it says I know no no, we're going back to Psalm 139 I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful and the next session says and I know it I know it full well, turn around to that person you say I know how good I am I know how good I am Oh, you're too embarrassed to do it, aren't you? You're just too embarrassed to do it. I know how good I am because I'm God's. I know I'm good, I am. I, I know my faults. I could probably list you all my faults. Believe me, I could. But I know that through God, through my filter, through looking in the word of God, this is who God says I am. Psalm 34 says that those who look to him, their faces aren't covered with shame those who look to him, their faces are never covered with shame. Those who look to him, they're radiant. You see, you who radiate, I know that you've been in the presence of God. You see, when the opposite of this is true, you can't look to God and still feel the shame that you know that's on you. You see, when I look to God, my filter is Jesus and he has to remove the shame from my life. I mean, if you can come into worship and think, do you know, I'm not really able to freely worship God this morning because I know what my week's been like. So we kind of give ourselves a little bit of a warm-up period. Our hands are in our pocket and you just think, do you know, I'll just other people can worship because their life's been okay this week. But I know what I've done, I know what I've watched. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. You're the first people in the Bible who hid from God and their faces were covered with shame, is Adam and Eve. A Mr. and Mrs. Adam and Eve. It's a brilliant story, and there's a one liner in this I really want you to take home with you today. So let's get it to Genesis 2. It says, Now the man and their wife, the man and his wife, were both naked, and here's my liner. And they felt no shame. You see, when God created you, he created you to not feel shame. How often, I, I put myself in this category too, that we can deal with shame that we don't even know where it's come from. But I feel like I'm embarrassed to really put my foot forward and say what I've got to say. And just in case, and something that James brought up, James again, if you, you want to pull him up in it, that's Okay. He brought her up with me. He said, you know, Fiona, you need to step up more. You need to do more. You know, not that I'm being lazy, but he says, you need to be doing the right things more. My face felt like it was covered with shame and that's when I remembered the scripture, those who looked to him, their faces are radiant and they will never be covered with shame. And the serpent, the shrewdest of them all, of all the wild animals. One day he asked a woman, did, did, did God really say? Did God really say you mustn't eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden? Do you know that is one classic one-liner that the enemy still uses to this day. Did God really say that you should keep sex for marriage? Did God really say that sex was for a man and a woman? Did, did God really say that? Come on, live a little, stretch out a little, stop being so restricted. Did God really say you've got to pay your taxes? Did God really say that you should stick with one man or with your partner? Did God did God really say? And it just drip feeds doubt, 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 doubt in our hearts. Till we get to the point that we almost lose the actual truth of what the Word of God says. You see, I know my kids are in a school where they're constantly being faced with be free, be easy. Do what you like, whatever feels good for you that day, whatever's your truth. Do you know what the word of God says? That's the truth. So what Eve states next is what she knows. She said, of course. We may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it or... You're going to die. God wasn't saying these things to limit them or restrict them. He knew what brought them life and what brought them death. You would die. Come on. Stop taking it so literally. You would die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows. You see, God knows. Let's try to expose God, shall we? You see, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. You see, the devil's lie is you're not going to die. You're not going to die if you don't do what God's asked you to do. You're not going to die if you don't treat your neighbor well. You're not going to die if you lie about people. You're not going to die. Why don't you go and try it and live a little? Stop letting the church restrict you. You're not going to die. You see... The enemy knows exactly what will kill you off and what will kill you off emotionally, what will kill you off spiritually, what will kill you off physically. And it will be a drip-fed death as you let go, just little by little, God's standards for our living. Let's push on into this. He says, the woman was convinced and she saw that the tree was gorgeous and it looked, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom of it that it would give to her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her man who was with her at that time, and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were opened. You see, didn't it didn't take a very long time for the penny to actually drop. As soon as they had sinned, at that moment, their eyes were open, and suddenly they felt shame. Remember what was my one-liner that they were created without shame, and to feel no shame. As soon as sin came on, came in their life, shame came on them. They felt shame at their nakedness, and so they started to sew some fig leaves together to cover up themselves. You see, as soon as we we sin in our lives, our spirit man awakens to shame. You see, we're made of body, soul, and spirit. Your spirit has been created by God to be in unity with God. And as soon as we start or allow sin into our lives, our spirit man awakens to the shame. But our spirit man can also be awakened to the truth of who Jesus is. You know, what? we all have our own ways of covering up, I know I do, if I could just sew a cover-up, of, do you know what, I know I'm living life my own way, and I know I'm living life in a way that doesn't honor God, but if I can come to church and actually do a little bit of worship and look like I'm actually doing okay, then it's a really good cover-up, and I'm sewing a cover-up. And then when you come into the worship and you just feel like, God, I can't really worship because I know the shame on my life. For other people, you absolutely reject the shame. No, that's not me. No, that's not who I am. See, I put makeup on my face, and I actually look really good. When I get to the computer, it says, you are not recognized. You see, when you get to God and you stand there before God and God actually says, you are not recognized, that's a very serious moment. God says at the end that he will bring judgment, but he will separate the goats from the sheep. I don't want to get there and think, "You are not recognized. Because I had put a filter on and I hadn't actually looked in the mirror of the truth of what God says, who I am. God wants to be able to say, you're mine. Well done, good and faithful servant not user, not recognized. Filters, they lead to depression. It pierces our spirits. Our emotions go into depression. It stops you from stepping out. Do you know, h- here's a revelation I came to, and it was, it was in conversation, and I, I said to this girl, I said, do you know, The devil's not really too bothered that you've made a choice and commitment to follow God. He's more bothered that you find freedom in Him. Because then, in in God, freedom in God, because He knows that when you find your freedom, you're going to be so super effective in His kingdom. You see, if He could just have you saved, that's just you, myself, and I, and you go to church and you do a bit of tithing and you give some offering, and every so often you'll maybe give a help out, and my face is here at the church but I don't know the freedom, then do you know what? You're in a good place on the enemy's camp. But it's when you know your freedom and you know that you can get rid of the shame that the enemy has put upon you, then that's when you become exceptionally powerful in the hand of God. Let's get rid of the shame. Let's know how we get rid of the shame. So let's move on with this scripture. It says, When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, in verse 8... The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid among the trees. I don't want to hide in church because my shame is bigger than my knowledge as to who God is or who I am in Jesus. The fact that he sent his son Jesus to die for us so that our shame could be removed. Every filter removed so that I can go to the word of God and actually reflect who Jesus is. So shame will separate us. Shame will cause us to cover up. What do we cover up with? Some of us, we cover up, hey, I'm a pastor. Hey, I'm a teacher. Hey, do you see I've got a position in life? I've got a position in society. Most of us are pretty good at our cover-up filters. You know, I I look good on a Sunday and I can actually raise my hands. But inside, I'm not quite feeling that those who look to him are not covered in the shame. I'm created, you're created to know no shame. Verse nine, and the Lord called the man and he said, where are you, where are you, where are you? God's not playing the game of hide and seek here. God is always pursuing you where you're at. He's interested to know where you're at what's going on in your life has there been sin issues because he's looking he's beckoning you to come come where are you where are you i want to know where you are because i've got a plan and a purpose for you i want to take away that shame that you're feeling right now god is always trying to find out where we are at here's the fact you can never hide god will always find you we cannot hide from god verse 10 he replied i well i heard you walking i heard you walking (laughs) I heard you walking, God. I heard that you were in the house. I heard there was more Christians coming. And I really, I couldn't actually. So I had stopped going to church. I stopped actually attending my small group. I just, stopped, I just stopped because I couldn't handle the shame that I knew I was feeling. And I went and tried another church. And I told all that lot that I was going to another church. But in fact, I'm just trying to cover up the shame. And the filters that I'm looking through are just not doing me any good. So he said, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid, and I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you? What lies have you listened to? We can all be told. I, I can actually remember the times when I had teachers in my school who actually spoke pretty negatively over me. I could tell you their names. I could tell you what they said, and I could tell you how I felt. I had a teacher in Primary 7 who said I was never going to be as smart as my brother, I was never going to be as beautiful as my, as my sister. I remember the time feeling utterly crushed by the words of this teacher. Now, her idea was that she was trying to motivate me. What she didn't realise was I was utterly crushed by the negative words that she had spoken. So I would go home, look in my mirror and go, "Ah, you know that smart, Ay, you know that bonnie, well, you're number three, aren't you? Really, you're not the oldest, you're not the youngest. You're just the middle. It's not really a place, is it? Do you know, it took a long time for me to A, forgive the woman. And the woman actually still lives in Dundee and I still see her walking about and I actually go and make a conscious effort to actually go and say hi. She now knows me as, oh, you're, F- you're Fiona. But do you know how much effort it took to go and actually forgive this woman? She hadn't a scooby what she had said over me, not a clue but I remembered it. It was like my drop of blackcurrant juice in my jug of water. Forgiveness is so key for those people who have put shame on your life. They can actually destroy us. But you know, we can have two reactions to this. One, we can either be so determined to be successful that I'm going to prove them wrong. But my filter is always their words. You see, you have some people who are striving, striving, striving to prove themselves to be successful, to prove themselves to be of worth, to be of value, either whether it's in church or whether it's in work, because your motive is words of shame that has been spoken over you. You see, your motive needs to be you're loved, you're forgiven, you're God's woman, you've got a calling of God, God's got a purpose on you. I'm not trying to prove that teacher wrong, I'm trying to honor the name of Jesus, whatever I do because I know she won't come into church. Maybe one day she will come into church, but she won't have a clue what she said over me. See, do not allow the enemy to use these words of damage to become your motive as to why you're serving God today. What filters do you process through? My filter is, Jesus, I'm completely forgiven. Do you know, I could go up in the morning, God, there's going to be a good day. I pray over my day. I pray over my children's day. I pray over the church's day. I pray over my husband's day. I speak words of life. I get there. I could open up an email and think, you banned bandit. I'll flip and answer you on this one. And you think, wha- what happened to the attitude of, all glory to Jesus, and yeah. I'm going to be an impact in this nation. And then I have to come back and say, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me of my sin, forgive me of my sin, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of these, of these stupid filters that I've put on. Come on now, come on now, clean, clean, clean. I've put on these stupid filters. I've allowed these filters to be coming on my life and I need to be taking my pen and saying, because you know what? We all remember what our filters are, but I want to erase my filters and I want to say, forgiven. I want to say, freed. I want to say, purposeful. Come on, what else would you say you are in Jesus? say that again <laughs> delivered i 'm delivered. what else are you i 'm blessed and i 'm highly flavored <laughs> I mean <laughs> highly flavored <laughs> and highly highly flavored favored 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 that 's my children who got me into that i 'm blessed and i 'm highly flavored now it's sit on stage okay, what else, what else are you <laughs> Sp- i 'm special okay, what else are you I'm chosen. chosen. I could have done with a flip chart writer. Who else? I'm redeemed. Okay. Okay. So that when I go to the Word of God, I go with this filter Jesus. You forgave me of my sin, you brought freedom, you brought purpose, you brought delivery, you made me blessed, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. I am special, I am chosen, I am redeemed. You see, the filter that we choose to look through makes every difference as to how we see our life. You see, you can be saved, but you can be useless in the kingdom of God, or you can be saved and you can be powerful in the hand of God. What do you choose? What filter do you choose to look in? What mirror do you choose to look in? You see. Sometimes I can look in the mirror that somebody else has reflected to me. If you don't know what you're playing at, or I can choose to look in the in the mirror that I know this is what my heavenly Father has done for me. And all God's people said. Yeah. I want you all to stand, will you? I want you all to stand. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. See, you're either going to go from glory to glory or gory to gory, depending on the filter that you choose to look through. I want you to close your eyes because I want to reflect his radiance and not my rejection. Make that choice within you. Jesus, I want to be able to look to you and my face be covered with your radiance and that you take away every ounce of shame that I feel in my life. For some of you, you just may want to repent, clean your heart and say, God, forgive me. I know the things I've done. I know the things I've said. I know what my stinking attitudes were. And I put on the filter on me that made me look better than what I actually feel when I've come to you I kind of hear user not recognized but I thank you God that the fingerprint of heaven is upon our lives that whenever we look through that filter of Jesus you always see user recognized father will you heal hearts that have constantly felt I have done so much wrong that I have created a dam in my own life that very little actually gets past it because of choices I've made. Can I just say one thing? Where there is much sin, much grace abounds. Father, we choose, O God, to come before you, to look to you and say thank you, Jesus, that we radiate who you are that we are forgiven, that we are restored, that we are healed, and every ounce of shame that we feel, we can place it in your hands because of the power and the blood of Jesus. Father, may your healing anointing rest upon us all. Heal us, restore us, O God that when we look through the filter of Jesus, we see ourselves as fearfully, wonderfully made, and that I know it so well. In Jesus' name.